What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff with Altcoin Buzz. We're going to do episode two. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about banks and cryptocurrency. We're going to kind of stack them up together and compare the, uh, the two, uh, the old world money and the new world money. And we're going to see which one uh, our crew here, Candice, Matthew, and Shaylin, all think um, is going to win out in that uh, race of old world, new world currencies. So um, before we go ahead and dive into that, I'm going to ask everyone on the on the uh, podium here what coins they bought on the dip, if any. So, Candice? Hey, guys. How's it going? I actually didn't buy anything on this dip. Okay. All right. Uh, Shaylin, did you get into any positions on this dip? I actually got into Kenya at around $1.14. I really like the project. Um, it's Australia's second biggest ICO, which they had. Really big team, really good technology behind them. You know, they seem very promising going into the future. Um, I was also looking into Ethereum Classic and some other coins out there, but I went with Kenya during the dip. What about you, Matt? Okay. Yeah. Hey, I feel official being called Matthew, but Matt's good. Uh, I think Shaylin and I were on the same uh, wavelength because that's what I got, Kenya. Uh, I didn't have any oh. before, and so I think I got it yesterday. And uh, I'm wanting to say in the buck 20s. So, Shaylin, I got to figure out how Shaylin's getting filled those good prices. <laughs> but we did good today with nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, and I, I jumped into Telcoin, but uh, Matt, you did tell me about SelfKey, and I got into SelfKey on the last dip. So, this time around, I got into Telcoin. Nice. Awesome. And I bought a little, I bought a little bit of Bitcoin. <laughs> Just couldn't help yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I got to get Bitcoin at this price, but we'll see. Uh, you know, the Shaylin was making videos, talk about Bitcoin going to a thousand dollars. So that got my attention. <laughs> well, yeah. a lot of people have some mixed opinions on it. I personally don't think it's going to drop all the way to a thousand dollars. I think at the lowest, like 8,300, but again, you know, we'll see what happens. What do you guys think? Nice. Uh, well, I obviously think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's a good price to get in. It could go lower and I'll probably buy more if it goes lower, but uh, I'm in the, I'm in the ment mindset that I'll be patient with it uh, as time goes by. And I, I would like to think, I think someone said that the PayPal CEO uh, projected Bitcoin to be a million dollars per coin. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I saw that. I think his name is Peter Thiel. I'm not sure if it's Peter Thiel, but I think it's Peter Thiel. Oh, Peter Thiel's the man. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Peter Thiel that said it, I don't think, but it might have been. Uh, it just the person that they had a picture of didn't look like Peter Thiel. But yeah, he's the man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, so you got old old money. Old money is uh, fiat dollars, right? You know, Forex, where you take the the yuan and you put it up against the dollar, you, you take the Korean won and you put it up against the, the renminbi or the euro. Um, and then you have this whole new uh, paradigm, as John McAfee likes to call it, uh, cryptocurrency, where you have Ripple, uh, Ethereum, Stellar Lumens, Bitcoin, Litecoin. And uh, yeah, we're going to just kind of compare the, the, two, the two systems, the two monetary systems. And um, Matthew, I think that you always have some really interesting uh, ideas about how these things can look moving forward. 
you want to share some of that with the, with us on that? Oh no, put me on the spot. Yeah. So the yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny because when people talk about old school ideas, fiat versus cryptocurrency, you know, you hear things like, "Well, the cryptocurrency markets and Bitcoin, and all that is manipulated," and it cracks me up because anyone who's ever been involved with any economics and trading, Wall Street knows good and well. So are fiat currencies completely manipulated. Right. Jeff's talked about the China currency. I mean, you hear, you, you hear the president say all the time, hey, they're manipulating their currency. It's, it's very well known all that's manipulated. And then the other one that cracks me up as far as moving money around the globe and people using uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin for nefarious purposes, they all say, oh, well, it's only used by, by people in if they're on the dark web or something right on the dark web and i'm thinking when's the last time a drug dealer around the world didn't have a briefcase full of hundred dollar u.s dollar fiat money they're using that for it anyway so that whole argument that the the two arguments about well it's manipulated well it's going to get used for dark web purposes to me is just ridiculous yeah do you think privacy coins, uh, I, I read an article today on CNBC where they were saying that the, uh, the Federal Reserve or the, the government, when they crack down, they're going to go after, um, that's what they're going to go after cryptocurrencies because people, the criminal organizations, including North Korea, are using cryptocurrency to uh, exchange uh, basically their, you know, do their bad deeds using cryptocurrency. And um, I, 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 in that article, they said that Monero is actually what they're preferring to use now because it's a privacy coin opposed to Bitcoin. Yeah, I, I yeah, just think I, I just so. think right now they're just trying to make like any excuse that they can pretty much to put down cryptocurrencies without actually fully understanding it. So as soon as one cryptocurrency is solving a problem, they're just like, no, that's bad because these bad people are using it, and that's just the way I'm looking at it right now. Of course, like you know, people are going to use it. It's like saying. You know, a drug dealer is not going to use fiat money because it's more accessible. Like, it's like common sense. Like, cryptocurrencies have, like, they they pros and cons. It's the same with anything in life. You know, you're not going to get something with 100% pros, and you're not going to get something with 100% cons. It's just going to be a balance. Yeah. Exactly. So, all this this Warren Buffett comments, the... uh, you you know the Nobel laureate for uh, finance and <laughs> economics. He put it down. He said that it's he doesn't see the u- utility in uh, cryptocurrency for the long haul. He says we have a perfect perfect perfectly good system called the U.S. dollar, um, and that leads us to our next point where I want to talk about this. So this happened today. This is a true story. So as you guys know, Shaylin he makes videos and he works behind the scenes for Altcoin Buzz also. All coin um, news, big shout out. Anyone <laughs> yeah. does an awesome job at that. Yeah. And so I, I was sending him his, uh, his wage for last uh, month. And when I did that, well, Shaylin asked me to send the money to his bank account. So I was sending it. If you don't know, Shaylin lives in New Zealand. And I said, I was trying to set him up, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't, um, it wouldn't accept his information because the, the first and last name was too long for the, for the block. Then, then after I tried to figure out a workaround for that, 
Then we went to the route, the uh, banking account number, and it wouldn't accept that. So I was just like, you know what, man, this is this is crazy. This is causing me a headache. Can I just send it to you on PayPal? And I said, I don't care what the fees are. This, I just don't want to. I'll pay for the fees. I don't want to deal with this. And I was the whole time I was doing that. I was like, man, cryptocurrency would be a whole lot easier if I could just send them. What's your private? What's your public key? And just send it to them that way. But I was like, no, I can't because um, it doesn't work like that. It's it's, so, it's it's not only that. Like even if you were to do like international wire transfers, for instance, it takes like ages. For instance, and you only find right. out after a couple of days whether or not it actually went to the person or not. Like whereas with the cryptocurrencies, you know, you find out like almost straight away whether where it goes because you can track it via the transaction ID that they give it to you. So I think that's more efficient right there because otherwise you're gonna have to call the bank and you have to call them during the hours that they're actually awake. And if you're transferring it from like another country to another country, then it's like you have to worry about what time they're awake at that point in time. And then you got to call them and then they're like, okay, wait, we need to speak to our team. And then by the time you do that, it's like you're wasting time. Whereas with the transaction transaction ID, you can see in real time, you know, where exactly it is, what the status is, like how many more, you know, how long it's going to take essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's unchangeable. You're trustless. I love it. What's your take on exchanges possibly replacing banks? Uh, I have some concerns about that. Number one is the security. Uh, you know, they say don't store your coins on exchanges. To me, exchanges are a very convenient place to store our coins, uh, especially since, you know, if you're storing it on my Ether wallet, you can only store ERC-20 tokens. And then uh, like Ledger Nano S doesn't store every single new altcoin that's out there. So then you have to get, if, if you're like me and you have, you know, a lot of altcoins that you hold, you have to have a wallet for each one of those. So sometimes you'll be like, man, exchanges are a better place to store the coins. But exchanges don't function like a bank would with the security. Like the other day, um, I used my, my credit card on something or my debit card and they and the, it was for a taxi cab ride that I got and they actually uh, put a fraud protection on my account and they, they blocked my card from being used. So when I was trying to buy water at the convenience store, they wouldn't let me. I was frustrated about it, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, at least they have this fraud protection in place. Whereas if someone were to gain access to your exchange, um, they could potentially, in some cases, run off with your points. What I found kind of annoying was with the ledger nano they only give you a certain Mm -hmm. amount of space for you to choose one or i think it's one to four um coins to put on your ledger and that's it and then you have to go through the process of extensions with chrome and download all these separate wallets and it just seems a little unorganized and so i think it's easier to uh, keep them on the exchange but there's also all of those um past tax that you know kind of scare people into wanting more security and uh, so i think there needs to be a little bit more organization with the the cold storage and i i definitely think that we should be storing all of our coins on on our uh cold storage wallets but i I wish there was a little bit more space and a little bit more organization yeah well and the mainstream adoption is not going to most people are not never going to go to that level so they'll rely on a coinbase to be their bank, you know, and I'm doing air quotes guys, or they'll rely on, on an exchange. The exchanges are just going to have to get 
better using using this uh, in the user interface. I'm sure Shailen has something to say about that with user interface and, and mainstream adoption. But I got a quick story. You guys are going to love this oh, as it comes okay. to blending this. And I know I sound so young, but I'm 44. So I'm probably <laughs> the elder statesman of this group. But here I am at Christmas time with my uh, 15-year-old uh, nephew. Actually, he's my cousin, but uh, I'm one of the olders of the family, and he's one of the youngers. So we're yep. sitting there, and guys, teenager, right? Didn't even for a second question when I said, here, let me show you how to start a wallet on Coinbase, and I'm going to send you some Bitcoin cash right now. And we sat at the dinner yep. table within a few minutes and he used his new Coinbase wallet as a bank, and we transacted between one another. He didn't have a thought for, oh, what about the bank? What about this? And just like Shaylin said, guess what? We had confirmations right away. We had a transaction yep. of value one to another. And if you want to know the difference between me being 44 and my cousin being almost 15, look at the way that it's going guys. And maybe you can talk about your yeah. ages where you're at on that, but it is, it's, he didn't even question that we were going to do that. And we saw it and we had the confirmation immediately. It was beautiful. Uh, and he, he got introduced into crypto and I got him loaded up with some Ethereum, some Bitcoin, some Bitcoin yeah. cash. And he was stoked to do it right there at the dinner. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Millennials, they just, inherently ad appreciate the cryptocurrency value right off the bat. Um, whereas I talk about this in some of my YouTube videos that I personally do, where I talk about the old money, uh, just really not liking cryptocurrency. And I think for me, I just, I, I definitely respect uh, the elders and those who've, you know, done their time, you know, the industrial era, as I like to call them, and I consider us in the technology era. So the industrial era of people, fossil fuels and, you know, brick and mortar, they just, even my grandfather, like if I try to get him into cryptocurrency, he's like, no. And then he always wants to talk about the tulip bubble. And I'm, I, I, I had to stop talking to him about cryptocurrency <laughs> because <laughs> tulips. He brings me down. It amazes me, like, Jeff, how many people know about tulips. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know yeah. that we had this many tulip experts in the world. <laughs> it's, yep. it, it's 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 basically like this, you know, people when they don't understand something, they fear something. And it's kind of like when you know mobile phones were coming out, a lot of people were like, No, you know, like Nokia for instance, they were like, No, we're just gonna stick to what we're doing now. We're not gonna switch to touch phones because that's pretty much what's working for us. Kodak did the same thing, and you saw what happened with that. Same thing with Blockbuster. They didn't innovate in time, and Netflix came and kicked their ass. So, like, we're starting to see the exact same thing happen with cryptocurrency now, where, like, more people yeah. are finding it more efficient right now to transact money. And they're like, why do we even need a bank to begin with when we can just send money on the fly whenever we want to send it? And we don't have to worry about, you know, when the bank's open. We don't have to pay additional fees to the bank, you know, from bank from to bank. bank. And then we don't have to go through that entire like middleman and we can just go straight from one person to another person. You don't need any other example than here on a holiday night, my cousin at 14 years old didn't, didn't even think about a bank and we didn't need it. 
and we went on and did all our business without it. And that's where it's going. This entire space is going there. Right. And I definitely see Coinbase successful in the fact that it's so easy. You talk to anyone, they're like, wait, how do you have another coin? It's not listed on Coinbase. Well, you have to take it and you have to uh, deposit it into an exchange. And and as you continue to talk, the person... they're lost. Like it's deer in the headlights. They're like, that's way too difficult for me. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to touch it. So yes, most of them keep their things in Coinbase because it's, it's easy. It's convenient. And they won't Mm -hmm. Candace, right? I mean, grandma's not going to probably do anything other than at the most Coinbase. So what exchanges right now do you think are really um, standing out. I, I personally really like uh, Binance, but functionality-wise, I don't see that bringing the mainstream adoption. Um, I know Ethos is going to be uh, coming out with a great solution to that, um, but what exchanges do you see right now that are kind of taking the lead on the innovation side of that? Is it KuCoin or is it Binance or Bittrex? I mean, Kraken, Kraken and Bittrex and Binance are really just, they, they remind me of the 1990s. Yeah. They're kind of like that, those old school cars that you, you saw in the 1990s. I think, I think right now the one that is really taking the lead and the one that's really undervalued right now is KuCoin. You know, they, the interface mm. is really nice and friendly. You know, they have like those, those soft touches, which pretty much appeal to the younger generation, like, myself and like people in my age gap like around the 20s the like the low 20s and i think that's really cool also that you know when you go and view the trading you can see it like in a like kind of like how gdax has it i think that's really cool that that you know they having all those features at such a very young stage because kucoin is not like an old exchange finance and so forth have been there for quite some time but kucoin is really taking the innovation side when it comes to this I would definitely keep an eye on that one. Yeah, Ether Delta uh, and IDEX, I don't see those kind of exchanges um, making too much of an impact in the short term. But maybe because you know how Steam it, you have to use a private key. Uh, and I, I, I'm, you know, you know how you log into uh, Ether Delta. It's, it's a bit different than a login with an email, right? Yeah. Uh, so also. So- I'm, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think with, with Ether Delta, I think, you know, regardless of whether or not they, like, make it more efficient or more, more, more friendlier, kind of like the way it is right now gives people the real advantage to, you know, to be ahead of the crowd, you know, to learn how to use it, like, as it is currently now and take advantage of the situation. Because once they really fix up those changes and make it more accessible for other people, then your real competitive advantage is kind of gone from there. Yeah. What do you What do you think about that, Jeff? Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's good to get into that technology side of it, and um, you know, just learn that aspect of the way that Ether Delta functions, opposed to a conventional uh, exchange. But I think that I, I still I still personally have an issue with Ether Delta. It's not the uh, to me it's it's not the most uh, user-friendly in my opinion. So I think it's good to learn how to go through that process. But for me, Ether Delta is not uh, my idea of ideal uh, cryptocurrency exchange, personally. 
So um, another another interesting subject that we have on our list to talk about is Ripple and their relationship to banks. And one of the thoughts that I had about this was because I could see this kind of happening with some of these blockchain technologies because of the way that Wall Street talks right now. They talk about um, I, I've heard Wall Street say they don't really like cryptocurrency, but they like Ethereum. And when they say that, they start kind of hinting that they might do an IPO for something like Ethereum. And I, I almost get the impression that they would even do an IPO for something like Ripple, where they would, they would kind of undercut the whole market and come in by basically saying, we're going to take the best of the cryptocurrency market and we're going to take it public as a public offering. And then I think if they did do that, that would be, the, that would be like a, a really serious blow to cryptocurrency is if they took Ethereum and they took Ripple and they basically said, we're going to go public with this. And I think if something like that happened that I'm on the lookout for, that would really undermine the, the cryptocurrency market. Candace loves Ripple. What do you think, Candace? Well, the only reason that I invest in Ripple is you can't really get away from I hate to say this, but banks are going to try to centralize, uh, centralize this. And what they're going to do is they're going to try to take that technology away from cryptocurrency. They're going to see the blockchain. There's a reason they like Ethereum. It's because it's a platform for the blockchain. It has nothing to do with currency because they don't want anyone to touch currency. They want to keep the dollar in their hands. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to monopolize on blockchain and sort of undercut this huge momentum and keep it where it needs to be, and that's in their hands. And that's yep. okay. Yep. That, that's okay, guys. There can be the banks can do this with blockchain uh, using that, like the SWIFT system right now. But the just like you said, trying to move money to New Zealand back and forth. Uh, how much better would it have been if they were if they were using the Ripple protocol for that and and going there to there, and you had total confirmation but it was centralized. A lot of people are fine with some things being centralized there, but then right. there's a lot of things you want it to be decentralized and have the freedom to do that. So use both. What's wrong yeah. with using both in this world. And besides that, like it or not, like Candace said, we're not going to get these banks to convert right away to a decentralized system. There's going to be years of transition before this goes through. So great. Let them use ripple. Yeah. Bring it on. Well, you know about gold. You know Goldman Sachs is setting up a trading desk that's supposed to go live June 2018. And I got an article in front of me right here that says Bank of America wins patent for crypto exchange system. And so I think if you just take a look at that, uh, the fact that they're coming in, you got Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and I want to say there was one more. Do you guys happen to know which one the the the, th the third amigo is? Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but there was a third Express? one. I know American Express is getting involved in some level, um, but I, you guys, it was you guys have seen the news and the research. There are major, yeah. major players uh, investing mm -hmm. in blockchain when it comes to all these banks and, and, and Wall Street things. This is the year of that where that begins to go Wall Street adoption on this front. Lots of capital yep. going on those projects. Who do you? So on social media, myself personally, I like to keep up with a couple. 
uh, individuals in the space. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying his, his name right, but Andres Andreopoulos, they call him Bitcoin Jesus. It's easier to say Bitcoin Jesus, but Andres Andropoulos, do you guys know him? I've heard of his I've name. Of but yes, really I've heard him uh, speak a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he's he's really uh, interesting to listen to because he speaks uh, at a lot of these symposiums, but he's also on Twitter. Uh, also, another guy that I like to keep up with is uh, Mike Novogratz. Um, he recently tweeted about an exchange that he's investing in. Uh, and even today, he was <laughs> just in keeping up with him. He was talking about how he's, I believe he's investing in EOS now as a blockchain uh uh, application developer platform. So, because you know how he's, he was one of the early adopters or one of the early investors with Ethereum. So to see him kind of also with his investment firm, Galaxy, Galaxy Digital Investments, um, also going over there and working with uh, EOS, I, I thought that was interesting. But he's got, he mentioned another exchange yesterday on his Twitter I'll take a look here just to see if I can pull that up. Um, but these, he's, he's, a, he's a mover because he's a, he's a Wall Street guy. Uh, so uh, Templum, T-E-M-P-L-U-M, Templum, security tokens. So uh, I'm just putting that out there to anyone in the audience who's looking to, to keep their finger on the pulse and stay up to date with somebody who's uh, – kind of connected to the, to the banks in a way, but also allowing himself the freedom to, to move in the space as Mike Novogratz. So do you guys have any, anyone that you like to keep up with uh, besides altcoin buzz? <laughs> Just altcoin buzz. Yeah, there's just so many right. people. Like uh, on YouTube itself, you know, there's a lot of great people like crypto investor and a whole bunch of people on Twitter that, you know, it's, it's hard to just say that, you know, I just followed this person. There's like so many people out there. Yeah. I, I know you really like Doug Polk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he certainly you love has that a way guy. with You words. and Steve love him. <laughs> yeah, he does. has a way with words. Yeah. And what about John McAfee? Uh, a lot of people don't really uh, care for uh, the, the, the style or the approach that John McAfee has. What's your guys' take on him? I follow him, but everything he pushes, uh -huh. I avoid. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Interesting. The voice of reason comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm a huge Charles Hoskin, Hoskinson fan. I'm, yeah. I'm big on Ethereum, so I like to follow anything Ethereum-related. Right. Uh, well, yeah, Charles, he's a former CEO of Ethereum, and now he's with uh, Cardano. But, uh, right. Yeah, I mean, his history with Ethereum, it's kind of interesting because yesterday he was calling out ERC-20 tokens, but he, uh, I don't I didn't understand that, why he's, it almost seems like he has a chip on his shoulder towards Ethereum. And I, I, I I'm like, I'm like, don't, don't bet, don't bet against or uh, Vitalik. Well, what he's trying to do is he's trying to create his own platform. He's trying to kind of make it better and that's what cardano is to him it's his trump card of certain sense <laughs> yeah i yep. don't think he's yep. gonna get far but it'll be very interesting if he actually does produce something with cardano right he's got to put his money where his mouth is at some point because right now cardano's 
Um, and I, I agree with you. I, li- I like to follow him also. Um, but I think also th- to the point, uh, th- this is just something that keeps coming up for me. And I mean, I, I hold myself to, I got to say, like, if I'm going to call these guys out on their work ethic, um, am I ready to take their heat call- calling out me on my work ethic? Right. So um, when I say, and I'm not questioning Charles, uh, work ethic, but his company being valued at times over ten billion dollars uh, without any real world working product to me is um, an overvaluation, right? So, well, I'm not saying that it's necessarily an overvaluation of Cardano, but they got to start producing, putting points on the board, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So, I think the first uh, uh, group to, to uh, group, uh, the first company to bring this to mainstream adoption where people have an easy u- user interface, much like Coinbase is doing and what they're doing, is going to win. And I think the next four, five, six of those are going to win because they're, they're going to be able to ensure people – People want something solid. They want to be able to call in and say, hey, that was something happened. I lost my password. And like it or not, yep. they're go- those companies are going to win like Coinbase is doing. Yeah, yeah I completely agree with that. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because people, they're all, we want to keep this decentralized. But the second there's a scam, they're like, hey, <laughs> someone call the, someone call the who? Well, you can't call the SEC because you told them you wanted a decentralized uh, marketplace. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because in the comments, I see it all the time. Like, uh, there's always this, like, there's always that person who's calling for someone to go put the scam coins in the, in the <laughs> cryptocurrency jailhouse. But then you got these, these old bulls coming in being like, hey, man, get off that decentralized talk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's kind of wild. We're we're in it. We're it's like, which way are we going to go? Are we going to keep this decentralized, or are we going to bring in the regulators and the SEC? And then I like what the Binance CEO said. I I, I don't know his name, otherwise I uh, give him a shout out. But I think his name is Zhao. Usually you can just Zhao. Okay, you can look him up on YouTube. Just type in Binance CEO, and the way he talks about it, he says um, we're going to need some regulation. But his biggest fear or his biggest concern would be over-regulation. So he's saying we have to have some sort, some form of regulation, but we can't have too much regulation. And I think that goes for a lot of different things. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the market goes from here. Um, and overall, what do you guys prefer, banks or cryptocurrency? Well, well what do we use? Banks, what do we prefer? <laughs> cryptocurrency, so... Yeah, there you go. I, think, right. I think I think right now at, at this current stage, it's kind of like cryptocurrencies is like in its infant stage. It's kind of like a baby learning to walk, and it's like people don't really know how to define it right now. That's why regulators don't really know how to regulate it. You know, they're trying to ban people because they're scared because they don't understand something. And then you see some people adding trading bans and just like restrictions on top of it because they don't fully understand it. And it's just in its infant stage right now, and a lot of people. I'm not really seeing it. They're just thinking, it, oh my God, like I just got to hop into this thing before it skyrockets. You've got some time because yeah. it's still in its infant stage before everyone actually understands what and sees what we see 
because we're seeing real potential. Whereas a lot of people right now mm-hmm. are seeing dollar amounts and they're just money hungry essentially. And they just see something and they're like, I can make a quick buck out of this without fully understanding that it's technology can actually help our world for the future. Here's a real yeah, a world story. That, real, real world, world story. According to this today, I just have a friend that I do business with. He's in California. And he asked me today, he's 19 years old. And without question, he said, and he's not into crypto. I got him into crypto a month ago. He asked me today, well, would you mind? I really don't want PayPal. And I really don't want anything sent to my bank. Would you mind just sending me some ether into my Coinbase? (laughs) Yep. Good for him. There it is, guys. Fist bump. Fist bump to that guy. He's 19. I can't have a beer with him. So no beer for 19 year olds, but um, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Because I've actually been like that with some of my uh, clients or customer or people that I work with where I said, uh, you know, if it's okay with you, can you just send me some Bitcoin? This was back when Bitcoin was like $5,000 and I knew that Bitcoin was going to go up. I was like, can you send me some Bitcoin? And then they were like, oh, well, what about taxes? I can't really claim that on taxes. And I was like, oh, all right, you're right. So you can't send me Bitcoin just yet. But man, I wanted that Bitcoin at 5,000. I was trying to tell everyone, just pay me in Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. But these so, guys aren't um, going to question this. These, these uh, ages we're talking about under, I don't know, Shaylin, what do you think it is? Under 30? Yeah, under yeah. under thirty. I think I think they understand it right now because you know they they're growing up with technology, whereas these old folks or these you know the older generation I shouldn't say old folk. But, wow. um, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Okay, well, <laughs> well, the, the way they look at things is that they they kind of have to relearn something, whereas the younger generation is kind of born up with it, so it's kind of like inherited for them. What do you yeah. guys? Well, I, I, I'm on the fence with all the, uh, the way to respond to the older folks, including my grandfather who told me that, you know, just basically his old money approach, which I have a great deal of respect for my grandfather. It's just his old world approach just doesn't line up with the way that I look at technology. But then again, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't like use most of the technology stuff anyway. And, he, but surprisingly enough, he does use a smartphone and he does have an Apple computer that he uses. So most uh, people that are 80 years old like him don't typically use that kind of tech. I know my grandma just recently got into it. but. And Jeff, you're still using um, a flip phone? And your grandpa's using a smartphone? What? <laughs> Man, I do have a flip phone. How'd you know? I do. Actually, I have, I have a couple <laughs> phones, but one of them is a flip phone. I do actively have a flip phone. Yikes. Damn, man. And Shaylin yeah. probably doesn't know that phones used to have cords on them. <laughs> no, I, I don't recall that. They were the size of shoeboxes, Shaylin. You'd put them up to your ear. They were big, real big. They looked like uh, bricks. It was like you're holding a brick up to your ear. You remember that, Matt? You're 44. Oh, man. We were styling. Yeah. Style. So, style. so this is going to conclude the uh, episode two here. Uh, if you guys want to let us know in the comments or let us give us a shout out for what you'd like to see us talk more about, um, give us some more um, community interaction, that'd be appreciated. So, uh, yeah, this is Jeff and uh, we got Matt, 
Candice, and Shaylin, all participating in these uh, podcasts. And we'll see you guys next time.